Today, Aggressive Rhetoric and I are here to give you our thoughts on M21 after about a week. Um, so every format is solved now. Um, we're going to discuss what impact the reprints had, what the new cards were, you know, how they're fitting their way into our constructed decks, uh, what the limited format is like. I'm going to rub Will's nose in his bad predictions for M21, and he's going. I'm going to hope he doesn't remember my terrible predictions for M21. So I think let's get right into it. Well, point of clarification, uh, the, we're not, we're not, I'm not particularly going to talk about my decks. The thing is, I'm not playing any of these decks. Okay. But yes, we will talk about the decks that are being played, regardless of whether they're ours, because they're not ours, or not mine, I'll say. You're right, I'm sorry. Will only plays Embercleave Tribal. Yes. Hell yeah, brother. So, Will, you had some hot takes about um, scavenging ooze and the place that it has 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 landed. What do you, what do you want to say about that? Yeah, so I think scavenging ooze is the best constructed uh, offering for M twenty one, and it has shown its pedigree uh, immediately out the gate. Uh, it made the uh, mono green monsters deck that we're seeing in standard uh basically single-handedly made that a deck um you know scavenging goose is just a great it's so it's a well-designed magic card it it does a lot um it's you know powerful but doesn't like take over the game all it does is grow by one uh based on how the game goes and prevents your opponent from doing anything crazy with the graveyard it's a it's a powerful and well-designed card yeah yeah so you know yeah so it out the gate has um seen a lot of play however there were a lot of people that were saying that it would be you know standard savior that it, it would be the guillotine that would finally end the reign of uro and all these uh graveyard value decks uh, and honestly, that hasn't really been the case. If you look at MTG Goldfish's standard metagame, you see the Mona Green Stompy deck uh, that runs the full four uh, scavenging goose is near the top, but all the main Uro players are still there at the at the top. Uh, Bant Ramp's most uh, played deck, Team of Reclamation, Soltai Ramp, uh, are still you know Simic Ramp uh, towards the bottom, Team of Elementals. Like Uro is still the force to to be reckoned with that was before Scavenging Goose. Yeah, and I, I think that's just because it's it's so good even without the escape. Like it's just three mana sorcery speed growth spiral and you gain three life is just fine. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Scavenging Goose has not ended the reign of Uro, um, but you know, still a good card to have it in standard, and it has really uh, shaken things up in historic. Gruel Aggro has always been a really good deck in Historic. Um, the last season, the one where you could you know, inexplicably be able to play Winota and uh, uh, power out Angras Marooners and um, Asia and Treachery, uh, Gruel Aggro was a playable deck and it was pretty good, but it wasn't like the top dog. Uh, yeah. With the addition of Scavenging Ooze, uh, Gruel Aggro did become the top dog. Uh, and, and we just saw a ban that's going to try to uh, you know, reduce uh, the power of that deck. But uh, Scavenging Ooze, you know, really making a splash in Historic as well. I'm, I'm glad to see it there. Yeah, yeah, and I am too. I, I tried to make Modern Jund in Historic because I'm so like homesick for Modern and you know, I'm hoping Arena's getting toward there, and they're just not. But, like, you know, um, Scoos came out, and I was excited to play that in, like, a modern Jund-type deck on Historic. 
Um, and I put in Lily, which does, you know, a very sketchy Liliana of the Veil impression. And it, I mean, it didn't, it didn't do what I needed it to do, but it was, it was a fun deck. And it, I, I mean, I, I liked the scoos in there. It's, it feels like it's one piece of making historic a little bit more like modern. Um, and that's always something I'm in favor of. So that's my favorite thing about, about scoos being in the format. Other than scavenging goos, uh, M21 really hasn't had that much impact. Uh, and some of that is the fact that all the um, you know good dual lands are uh, reprints that we've already had in the format. The only other card that's really seeing impact right now is Ugin. Uh, and, you know, uh, Bant Ramp being the uh, top deck that uh, runs a couple of Ugin, uh, you know, um, all of the other, t- uh, you know, Teamer Reclamation, uh, you know, the uh, Teamer Elementals, all these decks are very capable of ramping into a very early Ugin. And if you get an Ugin down, you know, anytime like turn five or before, like, or, you know, even like six, you're just going to have a bad time. I We talked about this before. Yeah. Ugin itself is not that bad, but just like all the ramp that surrounds it is just terrible. And right now, you know, like M21 is the format that, you know, put Ugin in the same format as all of this crazy ramp. So um, those are really the main two big players that I'm seeing uh, in M21 constructed. Yeah, I would agree. I think maybe give the set a little bit more time to show up. And I think especially post-rotation, like we're losing a lot of this powerful ramp and stuff. And I feel like some of these good planeswalkers, like like Chandra, I really think has a place uh, in some deck, especially after rotation. Stormwing Entity I would watch out for. The, there's Stormwing Entity is a card I wanted to see a little modern play because you can manamorphose into it. Yeah. Make a blue and a whatever and cast it for two. And like I know Delver's not the hot shit anymore, but you, if you know you play Delver turn one, turn two, manamorphose into Stormwing. And then the scry two when it enters will help you help you flip your delver. I think the card's severely underrated. I think I think it should be seen playing modern because a lot of the more explosive prowess style decks are already playing Manamorphos. So I don't know. I want Stormwing Entity to see a little play in modern. And the new Chandra, uh, I think is I'm confident is gonna see some standard play maybe after rotation. I have already slotted her into Merriment and she's working really nicely. Uh, that's the only new toy that Merriman's really gotten from the set, but I do love Chandra in there. I think she's very strong there. Yeah, you know, I think that's true with most core sets that um, you really have to reevaluate all the cards that are in the set uh, when we get when we move into new formats. Uh, something that I've noticed uh, in M21 is there are a lot of plant cards, uh, cards that like don't make a lot of sense uh, right now, but will probably make sense uh, in in future formats with future sets. Uh, cards like See the Truth. That's the mm-hmm. anticipate that uh, becomes free if you cast it from anywhere in your hand. I think we're going to see something down the road that will make that make sense, uh, you know, other than just be a silly card. Clarification, it doesn't make it free. It makes you get all three cards. Dude, I haven't read the card. It becomes Ancestral Recall if you cast it from anywhere other than your hand. Oh, why, 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 do, you think, why do you think I'm reading cards? <laughs> You're right. You're a girl aggro player. <laughs> Azusa Lost But Seeking, um, I really do think is a plant for Zendikar, which, you know, by every, we haven't seen any spoilers yet, but uh, from everything that we uh, can see is most likely going to uh, be the return of Landfall. You know, we'll, we'll have to have to look at that. Um, so, you know, um, looking forward to seeing how all these kind of uh, future plants uh, play out down the road. Yeah. Um, and maybe uh, maybe the new Garuk is a plant for them, maybe making some good green cards mm. in Return of the Zendikar. But I guess people are tired of good green cards. I don't know. Um, the professor from Tolarian Community College, he had this dude on his podcast who was the number one arena constructed player. 
in Mythic for like in the in the past season. And he was hyping up the new Garuk. He was saying they had a little podcast about card evaluation. He was saying that the new Garuk everybody's sleeping on. So I don't know if there's hope there, but I think it would be cool if maybe the new Garuk is actually better than I've thought about. Because he was talking about how, you know, just pumping up your mana dorks and letting them swing in is good in an aggro deck. So he would be going in some aggro decks that feature green. But I don't know. I I, I was very critical of Garuk in our initial set review. And I, I was just very disappointed. So maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I would love to be wrong about that. But speaking of our initial set review, we were both wrong about some stuff. I'm only going to talk about what Will was wrong about. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm going to talk about what I was wrong about, too. But he was uh, he was wrong about the Grub, the Carrion Grub. He was not very high on that card. The uh, For those who don't remember, it's three and a black for an 0-5. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you mill four, and it gets... It gets plus X plus O, where X is the highest power of creatures in your graveyard. And it turns out it is incredibly easy to put that in a deck with a couple of Gurukh's Gorehorns, which you want to play anyway, and then make it... It's a 4-mana 7-5, and even when it's a 4-mana 3-5 that mills you 4, you're very happy to have that, because in that deck you want to mill, because you want to bring some stuff back with, like, Sanguine Indulgence or whatever. So it's it's just really nice to mill 4 and have just like a 3-5. But the 3-5 will eventually become a 7-5 because at some point you're going to get a Gorehorn in your yard. So that card ended up being really strong. Well, here's the thing. So uh, as I mentioned before, you know I don't play a lot of limited. Uh, I haven't really done much uh, limited of uh, M21. So uh, I actually have no basis to say whether it's good or not. So uh, I don't feel like I have to feel bad about what I said. So uh, okay. I I demand you feel bad about it. Um, okay. No, but I was very wrong about two cards. Garuk's Uprising, which Will contradicted me on, and he ended up being right about. Garuk's Uprising is pretty strong. You want it in every green deck where you have three or four creatures that are powerful or greater. Um, it's great with the Gorehorn. It's great with the Grub um, if you're in green-black. But Garuk's Uprising, Will was right about. He mentioned that I think Luis Vargas was high on it, and that was correct. That was a correct assessment of that card. I was way undervaluing it. And I was right about, I was wrong about Bastry's Acolyte. Yeah, me too. I didn't realize, yeah, the plus one, plus one counter basically, like, meaning that some of the power on that card has haste. You know, you slap the counter on your three drop, you're doing pretty good. And it's it's a lifelink. I still wish it could put the counter on itself, but it's proved itself to be a decent common. It's one of the white commons you're going to pick first after the couple pieces of removal. Uh, in white at common. So I was wrong about Bastard's Acolyte. I'll, I'll eat that one, but... does It does a big impact onto the board. Uh, are you seeing uh, much synergy with the plus one, plus one counters? Is that something you're you're looking to do uh, with that card, or is it just like the board impact you're getting from the creature plus the counters? Um, if you're in green-white, then it's a dream to have that with like Pride Malkin, which ended up being a fine card, the one that puts a counter on something and gives things with counter trample. It's like a middle-of-the-road common. I don't see a lot of synergy with the plus one plus one counters, but it is doing a lot. Like it's it's removal is a little weird in this format, like in that it's like really concentrated in white and black. Red just doesn't have access to the good removal it usually does, and like you know green and blue are the worst removal colors in general. But um, it's just like it's it's more likely than I thought it would be to just have a couple of two drops to put counters on. Um, so that card is that card is doing well in limited. We talked about it a little bit, but what's your what's your thought on Ugin in current year? I love it. I am Boogan with Ugin. I was playing. I'm playing the stupid blue green ramp deck, and it's like I'm I'm literally only losing to um, the mirror match and like some hard Esper control where they can counter the where they leave up a counter spell for the Ugin. Sometimes I'm losing to that, 
but otherwise I'm just like cleaning up like aggro just can't win against it. Fair mid range decks can't win against it. The Ugin comes down, you wipe the board very often. They scoop. I had a game where I played a little Ugin to get uh, my big Ugin out from under a um, banishing light and my opponent um, sacrificed an Alcyid to uh, give the banishing light protection and then realized that Ugin didn't have a color and then scooped. <laughs> So that felt pretty great. I'm I'm really enjoying playing with uh, with Ugin with Big Ugin. I know it's not fair. I, I I half expected either it or Growth Spiral to get banned in this update, and I'm surprised it didn't. Frankly, Growth Spiral. But I guess that's just because it has three months left, and they want to watch it run its course. Just between Growth Spiral and Arboreal Grazer, like we're losing a lot of the good ramp with rotation. Ugin feels so bad to play against, though. Like I get that it's a good card, but like I the play if it, Ugin hits the other side of the table, like I never feel like I am still in control of the game. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I yeah I was playing against someone playing Esper Control, and they played their own Ugin, and I was like, dude, fuck you, that's not fair. That card is busted. And I was playing my Ugin deck, and I was like, oh, wait, that's what I'm doing, but that's all I'm doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it felt awful. On a side note, Teferi bad. Okay, I know Will was like, be cautious, because they haven't printed a bad Teferi yet, because I was, you know, under value. Or I was, I, was, I, was, I was hard on the card. I was like, this doesn't really affect board state. This doesn't really, you know, do what you need it to do in any of the decks that... And, like, what are you cutting for it? Uh, and I was, I, it turned out that we were right about that. Like, it doesn't do what you need it to do. And, like, 100% of the time, I would be infinitely more scared of the cards that they're cutting to put into Fairy. So, like, the three drop to Fairy or Narset or uh, Dream Trawler. Like, the cards that they're cutting to put into Fairy, I would, I would, I would be much more scared of than I would of the four cost to Fairy. So, it is, it is underperforming in, in every context that I have seen it in, personally. Mm. Yeah, I'm very happy that Paw Blade is doing something oh yeah well, um and i love the name of it i love that deck that's uh, actually really what i'm playing in standard right now okay rad yeah i want to i want to throw it together because i have all the cards on arena um i'm i'm slowly working my way toward modern cobblade and paper but um Pawblade, Pawblade's fun it's neat i love the name i love that card i really wanted that dog dude to see play in standard will said it's not squadron hawk which is accurate but I mean, Pawblade is very much not Cobblade. It's an aggro deck. It doesn't play the same. It's just a cutesy same name. It's just a cutesy play on the name because you know you fetch the dogs um, and Ember Cleave is an equipment. Um, but it doesn't. It doesn't try to play the way the same way. You fetch the dogs as fodder to discard to a seasoned Hollow Blade. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes you play them. You you would prefer not to, but sometimes you play them, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's my point is it's it's an aggro deck. So if you're looking for Cobblade gameplay, don't don't craft those cards with your wild cards and build that deck because you're not going to find Cobblade gameplay. But it's cute. It's a neat little callback. Uh, I know that you mentioned Chandra a little bit ago. Do you you, you really think that she's going to have a home in standard here soon? Yes, I hope so. And I think especially after rotation, she's just a good planeswalker. She can generate card advantage. She can remove things that would seek to kill her. She's not the best at that, but. She, her abilities are, are, are pretty strong in general. Um, so I, I cut, like my current spread of Chandra's is one War Chandra, two M21 Chandra, and two Big Chandra yeah. in Merriment. Uh, and I'm, I'm down to one Little Ugin. I'm not playing any Big Ugin because I don't want to get to eight mana. But <laughs> Outlaw's Merriment, it's just like a mid-range red-white deck. There's a, it's, there's a shitload of removal, and then you just try to stick either a Planeswalker or a Merriment to win the game. 
uh, or both if your opponent like takes two turns where they don't do anything and then you've you've won the game. It's a it's it's a deck that really capitalizes on your opponent taking a turn off because you get to stop playing removal and play a threat and then you're in you're in there. Uh, it's a very fun deck. It's very I, I really like those decks that sort of capitalize on your opponent going a little too slow or just answer all of their creatures until they're out of card advantage. Like that the, that that's it, it's a very back and forth gameplay. So I love that deck. But um, Big Chandra comes down, kills something with two or less toughness with a plus, or you can hit him in the face, like that's not bad. And then if you're out of cards, like most of that deck runs at sorcery speed. So her plus one discards her hand and then you impulse draw three. It can be really helpful in the late game when you just need to keep plussing her and getting rid of your opponent's threats. And then um, like eventually like on a turn, they don't play any threats, discard your hand, find like a big Chandra or a Merriment, some other way to win the game. Just really helpful. And then her ult is fine. Her ult basically just lets you shock your opponent in the face four times um, and remove whatever creatures because it lets you search for any number of instants and sorceries and exile them and then you get six red mana and you can cast any of them. I love Chandra. I'm excited to see her do more things. I like I like a Planeswalker with a plus that's shock and another plus that generates card advantage. Like that's just really good. It's fine for five mana. She is she's earned her place in that deck for sure. I'm confident of that. Yeah, I really hope that the uh, format can evolve to where Chandra can see a little bit more adoption. It just seems it seems like just a really cool design for a five mana Planeswalker, and I, I hope she gets there. Absolutely, yeah. I love I love the new Chandra. She's quickly becoming one of my favorite cards from the new set. I really want Stormwing and an EDC play in Modern. That I'll be excited for as well. But yeah, I love the new Chandra. So overall, it sounds like, you know, uh, there's some things in M21 that you like, some things that you're uh, not super excited about, but like, uh, let's give it the limited resources grade. Uh, If you had to grade M21, uh, what, what letter grade would you give it? Honestly, like a B plus, A minus. Like it's it's a fun core set. The only real problem with it was the effect Ugin had on standard, and that is in no way Ugin's fault. I think the limited environment is fun. It's got some strong cards. Um, it's not boring like a lot of core sets fall into that trap. I I, I love it. It's a very good core set. Nice. nice. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm giving you a C. Core sets can only ever receive a C from me. So you know, hey, my, okay. hand, my hands are tied. I can't do anything about it. That's just course. All right. Corsets get a C. That's all, all there is to it. Okay. I will. I respect that. Um, yeah. So, so there it is. Your grades for, for M21. Thanks so much for listening to Gutshot, home of the absolute spiciest MTG hot takes. I'm Will at Aggressive Rhetoric. And I am War Crimes Uwu on Twitch. Now, they did not unban Hypergenesis in Modern. So that's all the time that we have for today. We have been your hosts, and we thank you for tuning into some gut shots. Tune in again next week for Magic the Gathering opinions so bad they'll alienate you from your relatives. <laughs>